welcome into another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. So glad that you've tuned in to listen today. Joel and I talked about another episode of Survivor 41, and uh, it was a good episode. Good stuff happening. Uh, we got to see our girl Heather do literally anything. So that is why the uh, podcast episode is named after her today. Not because it was anything spectacular, but it was something. Okay, so props to Heather for doing literally anything. We have a low bar in that way. Um, Joel and I talked about the Titans at the end of our conversation. So I'm not really going to get into uh, the Titans too much this morning. Obviously thrilled after a Sunday night football slacking of the Los Angeles Rams. Very exciting stuff. Had just gotten home from uh, our fall retreat over the weekend uh, and was able to, you know, chill during the afternoon and catch that game. I mean, also did it with some Steam Boys in my belly. We hit up the Steam. There's a Steam Boys in Hermitage now. And we went there. I got some bow. Oh, man. Slapped. Um, so that was fun. Also, I was able to go on Instagram Live during the halftime of the Titans game. That was fun. May do that again. So, you know, check me out, the Michael Kling on Instagram if you want to get my live Titans takes during halftime of the game this week. Uh, I'm not saying for sure it's going to be a thing, but, you know, it could be. So uh, if you want to check that out, check that out. I ended up about even on my uh, NFL bets this last week. Um, I did not hit my parlay, but I hit enough of my like singles to make it to make it even out. And I even got in on the Titans at plus seven and a half, like right before the game on Sunday night. Something in my gut just told me jump on this because there's literally no reason logically why I thought we should win that game. But in my in my pit, I just felt like I should. And it worked out. So that was fun. Here are uh, some teams that I like this week. I've got a little, I've got a large money line parlay going this week. Um, so these are games I like. You might want to take a mix and match, you know, pair some games together, or bet them singly. But here are some money lines that I like this week. I, I, I think money lines may be the way to go this week because the the spreads are kind of in tricky places i feel like there's only a couple that i was able to identify as maybe we're getting some sort of advantage um betting on um so here's some money lines that i liked this week colts playing the jags the colts are double digit favorites against the jags i don't like i wouldn't bet the colts as double digit favorites against anyone um, the Colts aren't very good, let's be real. And the Jaguars are one of those frisky teams that if they get you in a rock fight, anything could happen. Um, obviously, I don't want to vote uh, bet on the Jags, so I'm not betting on them to cover. But, you know, I'll take, I'll take the Colts' money line there. They definitely need to win this game on Sunday. So I'll take – I like the Colts there. Uh, we got the Bills at the Jets. I'm taking the Bills. Uh, who are also double-digit favorites. Once again, I don't like that. I don't think the Bills are... They haven't been as good as they need to be for me to feel comfortable about them as double-digit favorites, but I definitely think they're going to beat the Jets. Let's throw them in there. Uh, the Falcons at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are heavy favorites against the Falcons. I think it's like 9.5 on BetMGM. 
Once again, not that comfortable with that, but am comfortable with the Cowboys money line. Um, the Titans are three point favorites at home against the Saints as of this morning, which that line has moved. I'm not exactly sure why it's moved this morning. Um, but anyways, that game feels like it's going to be another game that comes down to a field goal or it comes down to a goal line stand or it comes down to a pick six or something like that. I'm not really comfortable with the spread in that, but I'm confident that the Titans can win a crazy game again because that's what the Titans do. They are the most experienced team when it comes to crazy games in a good way. At least they've won more of those games. Maybe the Seahawks have played more crazy games, but the Titans have won them. So I like the Titans against the Saints to win. Three points seems like a lot to me for some reason. I'm not exactly sure. So I would stick with the money line there. We got the Eagles at the Broncos. Um, This is going to be a close game, but I don't think the Eagles are that good. They're traveling to Denver. Uh, It's starting to get chilly. Altitude. Eagles are coming off uh, a, a pretty impressive game last week against the Raiders. So I'm going to take the Broncos here in the money line. Um, And finally, the Rams are not huge favorites against the 49ers. This is one of the games I actually like the spread on, but I just added them to the money line as well. Uh, Rams money line at the 49ers. So that's what I like. When it comes to spreads, here's the only two games that I, I thought I could count on. Chiefs minus two and a half. They're two and a half point favorites in Vegas against the Raiders. And uh, I think at this point with the Raiders season, it's it's to the point of they've just been through too much. You know, they their adrenaline has to be running out at some point. And I just think it's going to start going downhill for them now, um, especially the Chiefs. They really need this game. I still think the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. I still think that I just, I just can't quit them. You know, I can't quit them. They're only two and a half point favorites on the road in Vegas. So I'm going to take the Chiefs there. And the Rams, four-point favorites against the 49ers. Uh, I also threw those two into a parlay. Uh, Moneyline, I I added the Moneyline Steelers home against the Lions for that. So um, those are some picks that I've got this week. Um, Thank you for tuning in to this show uh, for Survivor. It's very fun um, that I get to do this with Joel, uh, and it's a good time. So thank you for joining uh, once again, Joel and I did talk Titans at the end. You can find the time on that in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening to my podcast, guys and girls and, and uh, all, all people. Um, I appreciate it. So uh, hope that you have a good week. I uh, would love to hear from you if you're listening, you're engaging in what we're doing. Uh, that's cool. I really appreciate that. So peace and love. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Heather Survivor Podcast. I am Joel Klinger. Alongside me, as always, is Michael Klinger. We are here to break down episode eight of Survivor. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Fired up after uh, a confusing episode of Survivor. Yes, a lot was going on. Um, Some of it was expected. Some of it was not ultimately a pretty probably expected finish i guess um and again spoilers um three two one 
unfortunately tiffany was sent home tonight i know you you enjoy you enjoy tiffany and you thought she was gonna make it far right i i had hoped she was gonna make it far but it turns out she's not the editors are keeping us on our toes this season i don't think many people would have said heather would make it farther than tiffany yeah yeah um yeah this episode was kind of crazy it started off you know kind of scattered and it was kind of scattered the whole way like i never felt like settled you know even like the way they like edited it like they would cut like you know two seconds of a conversation and then two seconds of a conversation and two seconds of a conversation that like you know old survivor didn't seem to do it was like you know it would go from like one full conversation to another did you like did you like the quick editing style that they used tonight i didn't like it um but I don't know that they had a choice. I think there was a lot going on that was going to be hard for them to show. I think there was a lot of conversations happening between a lot of different people. And I think they were really only showing the main characters conversations. And then they're showing them for like five seconds or things that like might be important, like things you absolutely had to see happen before tribal obviously they had to get tiffany in the episode because she's going home and they actually they they had to show heather before tribal being concerned so that it would make Mm -hmm. sense and then they had to show nasir being concerned to flip it on heather and they had to show danny talking about nasir and yeah there's just a lot a lot to go on in an hour and they had to Uh, show shan and deshaun like their conversations. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, honestly, I feel like, especially when you throw a reward challenge in there, there just wasn't enough time in the episode to really address all of the strategy that was going on. Yeah. I think that there's a, a rumbling for survivor to have two hour episodes, you know, like big brother shows a lot, a lot of like dead time survivor, you know, doesn't they really don't have time i think that there there is kind of an argument for longer episodes for two-hour episodes occasionally i think tonight would have been great for a two-hour episode um because so much happened so much happened and they just kind of like threw everything in there and i think maybe old survivor would have tried to like a bridget and just like keep like a couple things but they showed us like more i feel like like more conversations more things like that and i kind of i mean of all things this season i kind of like the way that they're editing stuff I love the callbacks and I actually like the, the way they did it tonight where I noticed like it was like all these people just scrambling and that's what they kind of previewed it as last week. This was probably like the most truthful preview we've had all season. Um, and, um, I kind of like that. I kind of liked how it was. So let's just get back and let's get to this episode and what happened. So Yase, like, you know, we had talked last time that if, if anybody stood a chance against the camp out is going to be the Yasa three and you know ricard nasir whoever needed to jump and it did not happen that way at all the yasa three like split like they all were like i'm not with these people anymore just because they were on the bottom i feel like you know evie kind of betrayed xander so dan xander was like oh i don't really have anyone and like leon is talking about working with xander now and it's like just a mad dash kind of the only like, but it's like, as long as you're in the majority of like that Luvu group, you're probably okay. But everybody else, 
No. So I thought that was interesting. Well, I don't know that it was as much. They they decided they were on the bottom, so they needed to split. They are they were on the bottom last episode, but I think the difference is that the way that the previous tribal went down broke the trust between or broke Xander's trust in Evie, broke Evie's trust in Xander and Tiffany. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany's like, well, if they're not going to be together, then that doesn't leave me anywhere good. So I have to play for myself too. So, I mean, yeah, I, I wish they had stuck together cause I enjoyed them as a threesome, but for us, it's easy to see why it would be beneficial for them to stick together, but obviously they're on the island playing the game. They don't have a 24-7, 360 view of what's going on with the other characters. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. Like, it's so easy to say, like, no, you need to do this now, but it's like they can't tell, you know, they, they don't know. They don't know what we know. Um but like this episode was huge 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 for one player and we named the podcast after her can we just take a second heather said words in front of others and she got a testimonial and she went crazy at tribal like heather finally appeared and it's like i don't know anything about her gameplay she seems like freaking crazy and not very smart but you know like she proved I, herself yeah. to be incredibly erratic and paranoid and also not smart in the process yes like I, the thought like when she was concerned at camp about them putting her name out there she should have made moves at camp to try to get a power player yeah. out and yeah. instead she had no self-awareness to understand. You have to be like one of three players for your whispering at Tribal to work in your favor. And if you're not one yeah. of those three players, then tough cookies because no one, they, those are the people that have the buy-in with every member to sway their vote. If you're Heather, you don't have that. It's like Heather's so far on the outskirts, she starts telling people, we're going to change this, change that. And they're like, Okay, well, your vote doesn't really matter anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I was just proud to see like her actually say words. Like when she said words of the challenge and said, I'm going to, I need to go. I don't feel safe, which I mean, she was safe. I don't know what she's thinking. And she's not going to win that challenge anyway, right? I guess, you know, although maybe. She almost um, did win it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, But yeah, that was so out of the box. And I feel like it's weird because I've never seen a survivor player make it this far and have so little like airtime. It's like Kelly like Purple, whole... Survivor Nicaragua. Yeah, she the had, originator like, of the quote unquote purple survivor purple edit, edit named yeah. after her. Yeah, but like I guess it's just I don't know. It it felt different this time. It was like it was extremely noticeable. And she never she didn't have to play like the whole time. And now she's having to play and it turns out she's bad. Who knew? You know, <laughs> I guess the producers did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was excited to see her actually do things, although she's like not good at them. 
um, which kind of screws other players. But it's great television know. when a player who's not good at doing things tries Does to do things. them. That's right. good yeah. TV right there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, maybe you know, maybe she'll like. It seemed like they were picking up hints at like what was actually going on with the foursome because Nasir and Heather were like, "Don't throw my name out! Like, don't throw my name out! Like, why'd you throw my name out? Throw throw this other person's name out! Like, why did you put my name and not their name? You know, like it, as soon as someone says like, we're gonna say this person's name." Like, they couldn't have said, like, Shan didn't say, like, we're telling him it's Danny or we're telling him it's Deshaun. No, they didn't do that, they, which I feel like is stupid. You should, you should like, someone should agree to say, like, yeah, it's my name. Like, that's fine. Because when you tell somebody, when somebody find out that finds out that it's their name, it's like, oh, you don't actually care if they go. Like, it's like, whatever. You know? I feel like they're picking up hints of, like, you know, who's on the bottom and that, they're not completely safe and they're getting paranoid, but it's like, you need to do so in an organized fashion. <laughs> Don't try <laughs> to of. take out another person on the bottom. If you're on the yes. bottom, get with the other bottoms and make yourselves the top that's right. survivor. And that's right. what Jeff always at like throughout survivors history at tribal councils, Jeff will be like, well, if you think you're on the bottom and you think you're on the bottom and you think you're on the bottom, that's three, and there's only three of them, so why don't you guys team up, and now you can force a tie vote, things can happen, and they're just like, huh, wow, okay, yeah, do you guys want to do that? It's like, what? <laughs> Get it together. Yeah, yeah. Um so when it when it came time for the challenge, like Xander, Ricard, Shan, and Nasir stepped out, which Shan like you know guilted everybody again. She was like, "I'm gonna do this, like every you know, like we need to eat, like blah blah blah. I'm doing this for for everyone else because that's what's important." And it's like, no, Shan, this is a selfish game. You've been selfish this whole time. You're you're just a liar. <laughs> Shan Shan's edit has gone from like incredibly favorable to slightly not favorable and it is a huge downfall like yeah. she has gone from like everyone loves her she's running the game to in this episode alone ricard was bothered by her deshaun mm -hmm. was incredibly bothered by her and heather mm -hmm. was bothered by her mm -hmm. so and that's just what we saw right okay so yeah. And she comes she comes back from camp after not winning the reward challenge and she starts crying and then Liana starts crying because she's crying and then Xander like gets misty eyed cuz I mean Xander's just like being fake, you know. But I mean I guess that's what they all were doing, maybe. Um and and it's just like the way she just uses emotions to get what she wants and doesn't really care what anyone else is getting is ridiculous to me like i don't know it's just it just blows my mind because she yeah she was a heavy guilt tripper it just blah. we'll talk about her and sean later um but uh yeah there's a lot to get into with that um so they step out and evie takes on heather you know of all the people that i thought were gonna be in this final two of this challenge it was gonna be evie and heather i mean of course right of course um 
and yeah, Evie pulled it out. I was very happy to see Evie get it. Thank goodness she made it. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah because if she didn't get it, she was 100% gone. Not even second thought. She was gone. Um, And then we go back to camp and Shan is being really condescending to everyone. Right. She like she's talking with Deshaun and Deshaun's like, I don't feel heard. And she's like, no, like, I don't understand why you like talk to me. Talk to me. Like explain why you're not feeling heard. Like it's like his responsibility to be like a good like to tell her how to be a good listener. It's like you're a pastor. Her, I thought her testimonial was really bad then. Did you catch that testimonial where she was like, you know, I'm a pastor. Like I listen to what other people say and then I basically just, you know, decide what's best and move forward myself and try to get them to, to realize that I'm right. And it's like. I mean, she's is that, not, is that, she's not is that wrong. what being a pastor is? Is that what being a pastor is? Just like hearing people, but actually just like that's, trying to convince them that you're right. That's not the core of being a good pastor. And a good pastor wouldn't use the phrase, my way, even yes. if that's what they think. Okay, you know, they're supposed to be led by God and Jesus and all of that. But, I mean... Practically speaking, it is a lot like, okay, everyone's got these suggestions and wants to do all these different things. And I think it's best if we do what I want to do. So I've got to get everyone on board to do it. And I mean, that it, that is, I, I understood what she was saying. I'm not saying it's like, they don't teach you that in um, uh, divinity school, you know? Uh, they definitely don't teach you to put it in those terms, but I understood where she was coming from. That would be a helpful survivor skill, but the way that she's going about getting people on her side is, um, um, what's a good word to use is, uh, sort of scary. Hmm. You know, I feel like there are people, there's a lot of people that whether you're friends with them or you work with them or whatever, they have to have everything their way. And it's not like I have to have everything. Like I like having things my way. I don't go about it the way that Shan goes about it. Like she like will try to guilt trip you into having things her, her way, you know? And like, the when you like whine to get your way, you think that you're not forcing other people to give in to you and that you're a good person when in reality you're just forcing people to give in to you in a different way. Yeah. And so like that's pretty messed up. But I feel like there's I know people that do that. And it's not a good look, especially on national television. Yeah. I, I, it really bothered me because I feel like survivor is, is about getting your way, but she is like, it's all these people are just obstacles to her. They're, they're tools to, to get certain things. You know, she, she said, Oh, who, she was like, we need to get, who did she want to get out? Like Evie. 
and flush the idol or Xanthi yeah flush the she idol? wanted to get she said i she told nasir she's like i want to get a lot of people out but i want to get evie out first and i want to flush sanders idol yeah yeah and and then like deshaun's like no let's like danny and deshaun were like let's vote nasir like heck let's let's do it let's let's flush the idol sure but also like let's for sure flush the sears or like get him out because he's dangerous and i feel like there's total merit to that argument but shan's closer with nasir so then she just made deshaun feel bad about complaining about not being heard and then and then yeah yeah we'll, we'll get to tribal later but like it's just like if shan doesn't win this game it is her own fault it's her own fault it's it, this way of manipulating people is she will live and die by it and that's just the way it's going to go. I feel like, you know, if she does make it, the jury's going to have like a hard time voting for her because they're probably not going to like her. I I actually think juries care less these days about whether they like someone or not and they care more about who was driving the vote, which she's doing. But the thing that she's messing up and this is probably why, at this point, I don't know that she's making it to the end, is she's having to drive every vote. And it's hard to do that without anyone realizing what's happening, especially when you're driving it the way that she's driving it. You know, she's not just, like, making a suggestion to someone here who then is, like, telling it to everyone, and really it was her idea. It's, like, full-on, like... She's telling every person in the alliance who they're supposed to vote for, mm-hmm. which is as clear as day. This is the person driving the vote. And I feel like to win Survivor, you actually need to know when to let someone else take the reins for a little bit on mm-hmm. the votes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's like what Ricard thought he was doing at UA was like, okay, yeah, you can drive. Like, He's more of like, I'll tell you what the plan should be. And then she goes around and tells everyone who, what to do and tries to manipulate everyone into doing it. And so let's, uh, are, are, are you, I think we should go ahead and talk about the camp out now. Yeah, let's okay. do it. So the camp out works if it's a foursome. The camp out doesn't work if it's Shan and three others. When mm-hmm. one of those people also is an alpha. Yeah. It does not work in that scenario. And I think that's the scenario we're in. Which is crazy because I still think it's going to happen. I do. But I would not be shocked at all if it doesn't. But it's such a shame because the final four is there if they want it. You know, like they they could glide to the final four. Like they're not, no one's going to be able to make a move fast enough with, with Xander not trusting Evie and neither of them have any other allies. They're like, it doesn't make any sense. Ricard thinks he's with Shan. Nasir thinks he's with Shan. If they want that to be the final four, that'll be the final four. It is just like crazy that their ego is getting in the way at this point well it's not ego for Deshaun if you're gonna lose when you get to the final four what do you know the game is yours if you get Shan out like Deshaun wins this if he gets Shan out in my opinion I think Deshaun can win it anyway because he's way more likable than Shan 
way more likable. But why risk it? Yeah. Like, like, and the thing is, Heather and Erica like Deshaun. Evie likes Deshaun. Yeah. D- Danny's more with Deshaun than he is with Shan and Liana. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really Deshaun's game to lose at this point. If he choose to strike Shan, there's really not much he could do. They could even maybe get enough numbers to do a vote split where she has to play an idol and they get out Liana and then she's left without an idol or whatever. Like they might be in that position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's also wielding an idol and an extra vote. You know, we can't, we can't forget that. And it's like, you know, she's at such a safe and powerful point in the game because, you know, because of her manipulations and, and the foursome and all that stuff right now. And like, she could, you know, she's just got so much power. She's had so much power this whole game and it would be impressive if she made it to the end, but I still don't know if she would win. I just, I just don't know. I like, I like Deshaun. I like Danny. Liana's fine. She really screwed up though. I don't know if she can, I don't know if she can win, but like, I feel like Deshaun, it's an interesting timing thing with Shan because if you cut her too soon, then it's like a free for all. Then it's like, okay, well, she was running the game and then you flipped on her and you're running the game and everyone likes you. So she's kind of like a shield right now for Deshaun. I feel like he needs to make it through like two or three more votes before he can even think about that. I I think you probably want to get Shan out at nine, eight, or seven. I think that's ideal. I think Deshaun's going to try to get her out fast because... You know, Deshaun does not trust Shan to take him, especially now that he's like the quote-unquote problematic person in the alliance in her view. Like, he's the person in the alliance she doesn't want that she finds hard to deal with. So if I'm Deshaun, I'm thinking, I don't know if Shan's going to want to take me. And so because of that, she's going to try to get me out. I've got to strike first on her. Yeah. Yeah. It's it and I feel I'd be pissed too if I was Deshaun because Shan just seems to be misplaying him like crazy. She's mis she misplayed her card and now she's misplaying Deshaun because she kind of may view Deshaun as like J D and it's like, no, Deshaun Deshaun's way better at this game than J D ever was. And like this she literally said at tribal after he was like, no, it's fine. I'll do it. And she walked off and she said, I'm not going to baby him. And then she was telling Jeff it was group therapy. And it's like, you suck. You suck. Like you're, you're, you're totally downgrading everyone that you want to work with. And that's how you get people to do what you want. And that's a horrible thing to do. Yeah. I think, um, I think that Ricard has seen this in Shan. And honestly, I believe Ricard is letting Shan tank her own game right now. Mm. Like I, I that's what I really think is happening. I and like well we've when you watch the episodes, you can see Ricard is hanging out with like Danny and Deshaun and people like that. And I think Ricard's gonna be totally down to get Shan out of this game. And I, yeah. because like, if I'm Ricard, I'm sitting there saying, 
okay, if Shan and I get there, we'll have a similar resume, except Shan will have been driving the votes. Ricard doesn't want to go to the end with Shan. Surely, he's a smart player. Deshaun doesn't want to do what it has to what he has to do to get to the end with Shan. Deshaun wants to be driving these votes. Like he would he if there had been any votes in Luvu, Deshaun would have been the person driving them. He in fact he was so antsy to be driving votes that he wanted to throw challenges. Yeah. So he's the type of player who wants to be in control of who's getting voted out of the game. And the honestly the best way to play it is the way that like Deshaun is playing it or Ricard is playing it because I think the way Deshaun played it tonight was basically saying like, that's fine. I'll do it. I'll I'll vote that way. But I think he's sort of like signaling to everyone else. Like Shan is telling you guys everything what to do. Like Shan is driving this vote. She's not. And he's telling them like, y'all aren't thinking for yourselves, which at some point they're going to wake up and realize that he hopes and they're going to vote Shan out. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's yeah, I feel like it's all going to come down to timing. Whether they decide to do the final four, whether one of them decides to cut the other. I don't know. I don't I, I've been saying like I don't th- I don't know that it's going to be them in the final four. And now I legitimately don't think it's going to be them in the final four. Yeah. Like I've been like basically hoping that it's not that predictable. And now I'm kind of thinking, okay. Maybe it's not that predictable. It's not. Like, I don't think it's that predictable. And I I think that my prediction, I don't know that I have a final three in mind, but I could totally see, like, a final four scenario that's, like, Deshaun, Danny, Evie, and Xander, or something like that. Like, because... I I could totally see them taking out like a Heather and Erica or an Asir this next time. And then it's like Civil War Luvu where it's or Civil War camp out and they're having to go at each other a la Zeke and um David on uh game changers or oh wait, that was millennials versus Gen X, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um so uh, I could totally see something like that happening. Um, I do think you could see that one of the first people Evie went to when she thought she was in trouble the morning after tribal was Deshaun. And you could see that Heather and Erica at tribal council in the whispering circles went to Deshaun. Deshaun was annoyed that he was in the small group, but like, and that's another thing. When these people are in a big group and a small group, why are you in a small group? Go stand over there in the big group. <laughs> like what they cannot ma- make you not in their group. They cannot yeah. physically remove you from their circle. Right. If you're in the small group, go stand in the big group as Deshaun did. I'm like, Heather and Erica, what are y'all doing? Y'all are clearly not. And it ended with Deshaun going over there, Erica sort of standing behind Deshaun, and then Heather was standing behind Erica. And they're all just like, okay, if you're going to be in one big group, just do it at Tribal, like as is designed by Jeff and the producers. 
like go and stand there like you're supposed to sit there and have a conversation about this and like i like i'm sure i know that they're in these huddles for much longer than we see and tribal yeah. council lasts like an hour or more most times mm-hmm. But it is abundantly clear to me that when they're in the huddle, Shan's telling everyone what they're doing. Yeah. Like, and I think Deshaun sees that, and I think Deshaun is fully ready to tell everyone, hey, Shan's running this game, and y'all don't stand a chance to beat her in the finals, so get rid of her. And I think they'll get rid of her. I hope so, man. I really hope so. It's like, man, like, I don't know if I've ever seen a winner that, like, played a game that I just, like, didn't respect, and they still won more than Shan. Shan's not a winner, bro. Well, like, if she does win. Like, I'm I'm thinking about it. Like, I don't know. I, I, think, I think she may be the worst one because it would have been Russell, but he never won. Because no one liked him. Russell like played the best game both times, but no one liked him, so he lost. Joel, do you know why you there's not any survivor winners that you dislike? Because of the edit. Because of the edit. <laughs> I mean these these producers, these editors know what they're doing. Yeah. And they made everyone think Shan was the clear winner of this season. And it is in a downward spiral right now. Like it's a in a yeah. downward spiral. The fact that they would even show like members of someone's alliance being so disgruntled with like the person calling the shots. Like I saw like you kind of saw that in like Kagayan. Because Madeline and I just watched this, but it was like Cass who was disgruntled. It wasn't like mm-hmm a serious player in the season who was disgruntled with what was happening, who was in the Alliance. And so I think that, like, I don't think Shan's going to win. Um, my hope is that Evie wins, but I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun wins. I think Ricard is still going to have something to say about how this season goes down. My thing is... The person I don't think can win, well, obviously Heather, Erica, yeah. they're they're not winning. Right. I I don't think Nasir is gonna win. Okay, I'm mm. I'm I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure we can cross him off, but there's like I that ten percent that says Yeah, I think if we, he makes it to the end, he has like a real argument. You well, know? Not even an argument, but I just like think who's gonna not gonna vote for Nasir to give him a million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, I don't think he's yeah. a family think, man. He loves Survivor. I mean, yeah. what more could you on, want? On least likely people to win, I would probably go Heather, Erica, Danny, and then maybe Liana at this point. Yeah. Well, that that's what I was gonna say. Is that yeah? I think we can for sure cross off Heather and Erica. And I really think that the next two people that we can cross off is Danny and Liana because Danny is Deshaun's tag along and Liana is Shan's tag along. 
Now, yeah. now it could happen that Liana and Danny get together and they're like, hey, why are we playing second fiddle to these guys? They're fighting it out. So let's get one out this time, one out the next time. Then we're the head honchos around here. Yeah. I mean, I could see, Dude, how- like, I just, but I just don't think that Danny and Liana are that level of players. No, I think the only way that they do that is if they get their pairs get voted off regardless. Like say like say like they go after Shan and Liana like didn't want it to happen and then Shan's gone and then and she's blindsided. Then I think Liana becomes more a free agent, especially if Deshaun and Danny were behind it. And then it's like, okay, well I don't, I don't like that, so I'm going to cut Deshaun and then if they vote out Deshaun, like I mean, how disappointing would it be if we go this whole season and we're sitting there with like a Danny Heather Erica final three. <laughs> that would not be that awesome. And here's the thing. Oh my um, in a season like this, when there's this many people playing hard, I don't see that happening. Like, I think you have to be an amazing survivor player to win a season like this. When there's this mm. many like good characters playing hard now there have been seasons in the past where probably the third best player wins because the other 17 or the other um 15 players weren't real players and so all they realized that they had to do was get out the two players that were better than them and then there wasn't a single person who could beat them at the end i think we've seen that before but I don't think that's a, this is a season where that can happen because there's not enough, like, like obviously there's a couple goats in the game that, for that reason, I don't think are going to make it to the end. I think there's too many good players who all see a Heather or an Erica as someone who someone's going to take in front of them. And so I don't see that happening in this season. Like, I think yeah. if we get a final three... I think it's going to be three like legitimate survivor players. Now, the either uh, expected winner or expected runner-up will get out and fire, but it'll be whoever supposed whoever wins, and then it'll be the like third, fourth, or like third and fifth or something like that best player of the seasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we talk about great players. I mean, Evie's got a target on her back. If Evie makes it to the end, that's like an unreal. This this would be an unreal run for Evie to make it to the end because everyone wants her out. No one wants her, you know. Like she's she. They think she's likable. They think she's thinking, and they want her out so bad. Like everyone wants her out. That would be like a, an incredible play. I feel like same thing goes with Xander. Can we just like pause and talk for a second about Xander? That dude didn't play his idol for the second time and it paid off ballsy that is incredible this time it wasn't even like another person it was him he was on the block and ricard was like dude play it dude play it dude play it and i don't know if ricard even knew how the votes were going to come out if that was like a manipulation i thought it was plainly ricard lying to him to get his idol out yeah and i I bet that's what he thought he was like Dude, he I'm not even this. like he was like probably like I'm not even friends with Ricard. Yeah. Like Ricard's not like of the people that were in the game, I feel like if Liana had like 
if Liana was the person like looking at him, but she wouldn't have been so blunt about it if she had given him like a like a a look and been like seriously play your idol. But it was more like Ricard just being like play your idol, play it, dude, play do it. it, do, do it. it, dude, trust seriously, do trust it. me. Do it. And I'm like, <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't trust a word that comes out of Ricard's mouth. Yeah, and I bet Xander doesn't. Because, like, Xander's probably smart enough to know if someone's telling you to play your idol, that's exactly when you shouldn't play it. Right. Yeah. Like, if it seems that obvious, you shouldn't play it. Because you got to know who you're playing with, that you're playing with players who only want to blindside people. Yeah. And they're not going to let a vote go by where they're like, yeah, we wanted to vote him out, but he played an idol. They're going to try to flush it and get someone else out that they want at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really smart. I mean, he's probably going to have to play it next week, right? Maybe? I don't know. I, I mean, it just depends on when the Camp Out Civil War happens. Yeah. And that's, that is why it was huge that Evie won immunity. Because the things change so fast... That you're on the chopping block one day, you win immunity when you're supposed to get voted out, and then 24 hours later, everyone's moved on to something else. Right. You know, it's like it was supposed to be your time, but you like you survived. So it's like, okay, you have nine lives now. Like you're free to go on with with your survivor game. Like yeah. the grim Re- the grim reaper passed over you, and now you're you're able to go on with your game. And I, I'm hopeful that's what's happening with Evie. Yeah. I feel like that kind of happened in Nicaragua. Like, I feel like Fabio was like a bit of a target because looking at the guys around him, like they were like, Fabio's like the best athlete of the group. Like we just had to beat him. And like they, I think they had a chance to, an opportunity, a couple opportunities to get him out after they, like, after he won the first one. And then he just kept winning after that and they were screwed. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it's a it, uh, survivor so much about timing and most of it's random, honestly. Like, y- yeah, well, I mean, all all it would take is like to get a target off of Evie's back at this point. If someone went to Deshaun and said, hey, Shan's trying to get you out, he would buy that hook, line and sinker because Deshaun's mm-hmm. already proven himself to be an incredibly paranoid player. Like, he absolutely does not want his name out there. And if Shan puts his name out there, he might be smart enough not to vote Shan because she's like, well, she has me idol, but he might vote Liana out just to prove a point. You know, like, when, when the trust is broken like that, then it's like, okay, well, anything that... It's like confirmation bias of I already don't like that person, and then someone told me a story about them trying to get me, and now I'm going to get rid of them. And that story yeah. could be completely false. And that yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. We've seen it before plenty of times. And I feel like the person that would do it has to be Ricard. I can't see anyone else doing that because. Oh, he would totally do that. He would totally yeah. do that. Yeah. Ricard, like, cause I could see Ricard having conversation with Shan and being like, so what do you think? Like, when are we going to, when are we going to, you know, get rid of these people and she's like yeah i think we should yeah deshaun's like a strong player like i think we should get him out at some point but not yet and like ricard is like 
all right, I think we should get him out at some point, but not yet. I'd be like, all right, Deshaun, look. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, like, I can see Ricard just straight up lying, like not even yeah. having the gotcha moment with Shan. Yeah. And I, but I, like, he's probably the only player I could see like having that level of strategic acumen and be totally willing to just lie about it. But I could see Evie like going to Deshaun and be like, kind of like riling him up a little bit. So she's like, hey, so what's the deal with like you and Shan? Like that seemed pretty tense the other night, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I can I see like Evie doing that. Deshaun can kind of see through that though, you know. Like, Ev- like Shan's not going to tell Evie we need to get rid of Deshaun. That's no, that's happen. what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I can't see Evie lying Just about it. Just like a little distrust, but I feel like he's also going to be able to see that. It's like, yeah, of course you're going to say that, Evie, because Not if he already distrusts Shan, though. You know? Like, if it's feelings that he already has, he'll believe it. Because it's confirmation yeah. bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, I'm rooting for Deshaun, Xander, and Evie. That's, I've, if either, if any of those three win in this year, if any of those four win, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. If Shan wins, I'll be really disappointed. And I don't really see much of a path for anyone else. Yeah. Like, I like Danny, but I just don't. I don't really see a world that he wins. I, I think I said that after like on the first show that we did, just like, I don't see a world where Danny wins survivor. Yeah. But I do like, I but we really did talk about him being a physical threat and it's not really because he's a physical threat that he's not going to win. I think it's just his gameplay and, or he was a professional football player, you know, but we already had this conversation. Like he's not a rich professional football player. Yeah. He was barely in the NFL. But I mean, he has more money probably than most of them, right? Probably not Heather. Uh I don't know. Evie's like a has like a PhD in something. So who knows how much she makes? I don't know. I don't know. I think Evie's like a researcher at Harvard or something, isn't she? I don't know. Yeah, she's yeah, she studies like her mentality kind of stuff like human interaction biology all that stuff so let's let's close on this not this episode but sydney went off (laughs) sydney went off about you know everything like the twist the not a twist the the people there heather it was awesome i have never seen a post show interview like hers better or worse. You know, I don't know if I would be friends with Sydney. No, but absolutely from, not from afar. It is very entertaining, you know, like I just don't, if she's actually like that as a person and this isn't like a big act, then I definitely wouldn't want to be friends with her. Like her attitude is so like, it's just so like, I'm the best. Everyone else sucks. Yeah. Like, I know people like that in real life and I don't want to be their friends, you know? And it's like, it, it's so weird. And it's like, 
I feel like this is a character that you're doing. Like, it's like you're not on Survivor anymore. How are you? Like, are you actually a real person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that ego, I feel like what I do like about Sydney is her ego is that big. I don't know if I like that, but she doesn't hide it. She doesn't mask it. She's like, whatever. That's probably just how she dealt with things. She's like, I'm just going to, you know, say I'm the greatest and this other stuff needs work or whatever. These other people need work. And like hearing her talk about Heather was hilarious. But I feel like ego, like Shan probably has just as big of an ego. She just masks it way better. And she doesn't think she does. You know, I, I feel like I like if it's honest, I do like the honesty that she that she brings. It does sound extremely exhausting and annoying. <laughs> but at the same time, it was like, man, this is like what a, I guess this is like what a real person like thinks and what a real person says like that. That's that's great. I'm glad that that it's kind of in all of this like allure of like editing in a reality show. It's like that's how she felt. No, no BS. That's how she felt. And I totally get like the lot of stuff that she said. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me why you'd be mad. But, you know, I, yeah, I loved it, to be honest. So, Sydney, if you're out there, thank you. You're great. Would love to have you on the podcast, Sydney. <laughs> love to have you yeah. on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Anything that I missed uh, from this week's episode? Um, oh, one thing, uh, at the reward challenge, Evie did that puzzle super fast. Mm-hmm. She should not have done it that fast. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, it like just, she, it just makes it, her it just more makes of a, her a bigger target. Yeah. Like beat the other tribe at it and get the reward. But she did it so fast that. And then she went and won immunity, which she needed to win immunity. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. She should have done that. But now I think she's like also kind of a challenge threat when you know <laughs> every other immunity challenge from here on out is going to be a puzzle. Yeah. It's like, or it's going to end with a 30 minute long puzzle after a 15 minute challenge. I mean, she's a huge threat now in challenges I, as well. I mean, I honestly feel like. Evie and Xander are on the bottom, but they have both played spectacular games. Like, like Xander, Xander has did, played the wildest game this season. But he's played like almost perfect, considering he picked up that aware advantage and didn't have a vote for like two tribals. And he like got the the girls got the men out, and it was like, oh, okay. Like maybe like his mistake was like he should have kept Abraham and voted out. Tiffany, but it's like I mean, if the women weren't going to do it, then there's nothing you can do. Like he's kind of played like almost a perfect game, and Evie has played a great game. I thought that um, he was obviously thinking there was a, an advantage or an idol on that bench during the reward challenge. Yeah, and he couldn't find it. Yeah, because he wasn't trying to like obviously look for it. Yeah, but. I feel like he could have gotten away with obviously looking for it during the middle of a challenge. Yeah. When everyone's well, distracted, is, no one's looking at him. The only time I feel like that would have been okay is if everyone was at the puzzle. 
but by then he had already like kind of scoped it out and said like, oh, I guess there's nothing here. I mean, you know? I don't know how anyone would have found it unless you were like on your hands and knees looking for it. Yeah. The way it was hid, like they were, like there was, you couldn't like slyly find that. Yeah, unless you like, saw it on your way, like swimming up to it or swimming away from it. Jeff was like really condescending about it too. Like when he talks to the camera, he's like, "Well, I don't know if you look for it, but pff, missed opportunity." And it's like, Jeff, we all know. Like, I mean, you, you don't, you don't have to tell us. Like, we're not stupid. I mean, it's like. I'm glad to know that there was an advantage in the game that the producers were okay with no one finding, you know, like they were like, if he finds it, it'll be good TV. If he doesn't find it, it'll be good TV. And there won't be, and this advantage just won't come into the game. And I'm glad they didn't like force it. Like, I'm glad it took, it would have taken some effort to find. And if it wasn't found, that was okay. And we don't know what kind of advantage it is. Maybe they'll try to trickle it to somebody another time. But I was I was actually happy that an, there wasn't any advantage that came into the game this episode. That was yeah, new. Thank God. And like I don't know. I was just glad to know there's advantages out there that people don't have, and that they won't have. You know, it's like oh okay, well it was there. You didn't find it. We're not just going to give it to Erica because she doesn't have any friends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's it. Um, I, uh, got any big plans this week, Michael? Um, no. Watch the Titans win on Sunday. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. (laughs) What? Did you watch it? You I were saw at the, the basketball half. game, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I saw the second half. So you missed Dude, the good part. I turned it on. It was twenty-one to three or something. Twenty-one to six or something. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I like went back and like watched it on like Hulu or whatever. Like that night, I was like, "How did this happen?" The defense went off, man. I mean, they're gonna have to keep going off. Did you know we have the weakest schedule of the NFL the rest of the year? We've had that the tough, does not shock me. We've had the toughest schedule now, and from mm-hmm. now on, we have the weakest schedule. The yeah. toughest teams we play is the Saints this week and the Patriots and the Steelers. Those are the toughest games on our schedule yet. We have the Texans twice, the Jaguars once, the Dolphins, and the 49ers. Man, so, I guarantee we lose like three or three of those yeah. or four of those. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's like the year we started 10 and 0, 2008. Mm-hmm. Fall of 2008, we started 10 and 0, and then we ended the season 13 and 3. So, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm keeping my hopes exactly where they've been the whole season because that's working for us. Keep my expectations <laughs> right low and like they keep winning and it's trying to get me to raise my expectations and I'm just trying to take a breath, keep my expectations low. We are without the best running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter is saying he is not coming back, but everyone else is saying there's a chance. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's just weird that Adam Schefter is like Derrick Henry out for the season while literally every other reporter and every other 
columnist and doctor is saying it's like eight to ten weeks. Yeah. So also he's Derrick Henry, okay? He's I mean, a freak even, of nature. Worst case scenario, I mean Deontay Foreman looked pretty good. Adrian Peterson's solid. You know? I expect Peterson to get better with time. Like he hasn't like he didn't go to any training camps. He hadn't been in any practices at all until last week. So and he, and he was still running hard. Like he was, you know, pounding holes. Well, and all he and Foreman Foreman is Foreman, right? It's not Freeman. Yeah. Foreman. Him he he and Foreman both bring a level of lateral quickness that Derrick Henry does not have. Mm-hmm. And so these first quarter runs and these second quarter runs when the hole isn't gaping, they're sometimes able to squirt into a secondary or tertiary hole for three or four yards when Derrick Henry would have fallen forward for one. And so, you know, they're not going to be breaking 70-yard carries in the fourth quarter where they're running past safeties and stiff-arming dudes and breaking off these huge runs, but they might be more consistent throughout the game. Yeah. But yeah. obviously we would love to have Derrick Henry back. They're not as good as him, but still. <laughs> That's my yeah. optimistic take. It was interesting, like, because uh, I'm, you know, I was in Oklahoma City for the game, and I'm in Kansas City now. Um, and I was like, well, they're playing the Rams without Derrick Henry. I mean, they'll probably lose. Like, it's fine. And then I go home and turn the game on, and they're winning. And it's like, and it's funny, like, the line for the Saints game at home on Sunday is minus two and a half for the Titans. And it's like, okay, the Titans without Derrick Henry. And the Saints without Jameis Winston, you think those Saints are better than the Titans? Because it's like three points for home field, and it's like, how, what? Like Vegas still not not I mean, not buying it. Look at what our defense did four weeks in a row to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, and Matt Stafford. We're playing against Trevor Simeon. Okay. Yeah. Trevor Simeon. I mean, he wasn't even good enough to beat out Logan Woodside to be our backup. So, we I'm trying not to keep my hopes up, but we better win this game. <laughs> I don't know. I may put money on the Saints. This just feels it just feels like one of those games, man. It does. It's also it just feels weirdly like one of those when games. we play at home like for some reason, I don't know that it helps us. Yeah. I think we're a team that thrives in adversity and being at home with 60,000 people cheering for you. I just, for some reason, like the Cardinals game at the beginning of the year, they just came out and laid a huge egg. Like, I just... They need haters. They need haters. They need haters. Here's what I liked from the Titans game is Julio Jones. I liked how in, in lieu of running the ball on every first down is sometimes Tannehill would just take a snap and throw it to Julio Jones at the, on the numbers and let him get upfield. Mm-hmm. Or throw it to A.J. Brown at the numbers and let him get upfield. When we tried that stupid play with Jeremy Nick, McNichols, it didn't work. What are we doing? Did you see that play? I'm sure I did. Yeah, we, like, like walked it was a, Jeremy McNichols in motion yeah. three steps and then threw yeah. him a screen pass, and he got lit up on third down. And it's like, yeah. 
What are we that doing? Rhythm was, that rhythm was so bad, too, because it was like McNichols like, was weirdly slowing down, and it was like obvious that he was going to get the ball. And yeah. it's like that had to be just like a – I feel like if that's full speed, it may work, but it was not. <laughs> I said this um, on Titans Twitter, and some people liked it. Jeremy McNichols shouldn't be running the ball at all. I'm okay that he's on the team, and I'm okay that he on third down he's out there. And, like, other than a draw, he should not be running the ball. He should not be getting carries. I like him. I thought I thought it's fine. I, I thought it was but, fine. I guess you're just we, saying that Deontay Foreman is better. We Yeah. Foreman and Peterson are both better. If it's a third down draw play or a, a screen on third down, I'm okay with McNichols getting it. But I don't know why we, we would start using him in the run game more when we added two guys to take Derrick Henry's spot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess personal preference. I feel like Big Nichols is probably a little quicker, maybe. Quicker Better than hands. who? Foreman and Peterson. No. Definitely Peterson. Yeah, not quicker than Foreman. Foreman's got, like, more strength Mick on Nichols, him. Like he, like, he can really he's like, basically a fullback, dude. He's so thick. What? He's not, like, he's not fast. I don't know. Agree to disagree. I guess we have different eyes. Um, but yeah, Titans are good. It's pretty crazy. Hopefully it stays this way. If they don't win this division, that is like, this is going to be the biggest choke job in the world. I'm worried Surely. about, I'm really worried about Tannehill though. Yeah, he didn't look good. He's been taking a bunch of hits and he's, his intercept, uh, touchdown to interception ratio is way down from the last yeah. two years. Yeah, I mean, he's making unnecessary throws and missing guys. He's missing more guys. The truth is, he can't make that sideline throw. He can't, like he doesn't have enough. I don't know if it's like enough arm strength or timing or whatever, but I don't know if he's like late on that out, outside throw. But he's gotten intercepted on that several times this season. Like yeah. Jalen Ramsey knew that was coming. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter if you have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown who can get open over the middle, like, basically at will. Mm -hmm. And Nick Westbrook-Akine, who's sort of the same, like, he's just a huge guy who, if he is able to get half a step on the inside of a corner and turn his chest to you, you should be able to put it on him. But I, I am worried about Tannehill's, like, passing. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, cool. But as long as our defense keeps getting us two, three touchdown leads, then we won't have to worry about that. Yeah, seriously. As long as Kevin Byer takes a pick six every game, it's uh, it'll be okay. Um, also, like, what was Matt Stafford thinking? Like, did he not watch the the previous game and see exactly what Carson Wentz did and said, "Let's do this in the first quarter"? <laughs> so, everyone, including myself, started acting like Matt Stafford was good. Like he was he's, like, like he was like a really good. good quarterback this season, yeah. and it's like he's been on the Lions for twelve years and never won a playoff game. And yeah. I get it that they're the Lions, but he had Calvin Johnson on his team for a lot of those years, and he didn't win a single playoff game. And yeah. I get it that his team sucked, but we just all started acting like he was like on the level of. Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And he's not, he's not on that level. I mean, he's good. 
Well, he had a really bad game Sunday, but he's, he's probably good. the like, ele- he's, he's probably like, like one spot above of Tannehill. Yeah, like it's he's definitely like a average to above average quarterback. And I feel like you know that's what you need when you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and you know Cooper Cup and all these guys. Like they got a great team. They could win the Super Bowl. That's the thing the Titans need really bad is a Cooper Cup. Like a guy who's just gets open five yards every time. You know, like yeah. a Cole Beasley. I guess more of a Cole Beasley. Cooper Cup it gets more big plays, but like even if we just had like a Cole Beasley or a, uh, that guy that plays for the Raiders, played at Clemson. Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro. Just these guys that like, there's non-white guys who do this too but what Humphreys was supposed to be for us just these guys that can get open underneath like if if Chester Rogers could become that for us that would be great or Marcus Johnson could become that for us that would be great or we get Odell Beckham Jr. which we won't do but no we absolutely do not need Odell Beckham that would be horrible that's a why terrible would that be decision ter- why okay First off, Odell Beckham is a very specific type of wide receiver. Like, he needs to be the number one guy. He needs to be able to run all these kinds of routes in open space. He is not a crossing the field type of guy. He is not a five-yard hitch route type of guy. He's not. That is Which not is what exactly he does. why we need him. He's different than the guys we have. No, but we, he doesn't fit our offense. He would add a like, lot of variability. We don't have Derrick Henry, dude. We got to change our offense at some point. He would add a not lot of variability the, not, to our system. No. No. Yeah, no. he would actually. No. No. That's incorrect. That is an incorrect opinion. I, I feel like Odell Beckham is just going to be a bust wherever he goes. He's not like he's not that good. Dude, you know if he went to Tampa Bay or something like that, he would be <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. No, I don't think so. I think if he went to Tampa Bay, he would never get on the field, and then he would ask to get cut again. But the stupid thing is that he wants to go to the Saints. If he goes to the New Orleans Saints, he's an idiot. It's like you don't like Baker Mayfield couldn't get you the ball on time on target, and you think that Trevor Simeon's going to? What are you on, dude? I guess it's just that LSU blood, though. You know. Yeah, I I forgot about that. Maybe that's has something to do with it. And there's opportunity there because Michael Thomas is going to be out for the year. I mean, he wouldn't have to beat out anybody. Yeah. He would be the guy day one. Yeah, and he's going to have Taysom Hill throwing balls way over his head pretty soon, skipping him the ball. Hey, at least they're throwing it to him, right? That's all he cares about. Um, Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, tides are good. Let's celebrate. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that will be it for the Heather Survivor podcast. Um, Thank you so much for listening to us talk about Survivor and the Titans, two things that we love very much to watch and talk about. And, um, yeah, we will hopefully see you next week. Um, I'm on the road, and I will be on the road next week too. So made it work this time. Hopefully I didn't wake anybody up in the hotel. But, uh, yeah, I guess we will see you next week. Have a good one. See you later.